everyone, and welcome to the Galactic uh, Podcast. I am Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Hola. Como estas? Muy bien. Gracias. That's all <laughs> That's we know. All I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Sorry, oh, kids. Our family. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We don't know the full. <laughs> nope. That's basic, like that's all we know. High school communication. Oh, good times, good times. Oh, uh, what's going on, Ange? What have you been uh, doing? Nothing. Just been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, I know. Ready, ready to talk some bad batch though, because we've had some doozers. Man, I feel just spoiled by Star Wars. Yeah, especially these last few episodes. We're obviously we're going to talk about seven and eight today. We nine has already been out, which. We will talk about next week because that was a doozy as well. Then we have Mandalorian coming out. We just got uh, we got our advanced copies. Thank you to Delray Star Wars Books uh, for Jedi Scars, Battle Scars, Battle Scars. Yeah, oh, can't wait. Um, already a couple pages in, and of course, I love it. Can't wait to talk about that. We have to get. We'll get back to book reviews. I finished uh, Path of Deceit. Okay. Phase, phase two, High Republic, and wow. Okay. Wow. We got, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about <laughs> in books. Again, there's so much Bad Batch, and then we get into Mandalorian. I know. There's so much to talk about. So we will have to carve out a whole episode or two about the books that we have read because they're, they're good. Obviously, we're huge fans, uh, as you all know. And we'll definitely be talking about those. But today, kids, what are we going to talk about? Bad Batch, episodes seven and eight. But before we dive into all that fun stuff, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. Each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. All right, Ange, so we are midway, halfway there, living on a prayer for Bad Batch Season 2. Wow. What? Let, before we dive into Episodes 7 and 8, thoughts, your initial thoughts, reactions to the first half of Season 2. How are you feeling? Where are you at with it? What do you got? Loved it. I mean... I wasn't super hyped about the season coming up because I thought, you know, it's, you know, just Bad Batch season two. It's not going to be anything that blows my mind or I don't know. I just didn't have high expectations for it. But man, has it been amazing? And I feel like every single episode so far has had a purpose towards character development, uh, galaxy development, uh, plot and then some of them are like just extra heavy, like tying up um, the seams of what's been happening in between this time that we know of Order 66. And we'll say like A New Hope, I guess we'll say it's around that area. Yeah. So um, and it's been outstanding, I think. Um, and I feel like the lighthearted parts and the parts that aren't so heavy along the galactic story, just the development of the Bad Batch and the characters and Omega and and her found family has been awesome. New characters have been great. Um, animation is just outstanding. Music, outstanding. Lighting, everything's just absolutely outstanding. 
um, it's funny when I was watching seven and eight, I was like, it's like, yes, this is like a continuation of the Clone Wars, but it feels so Clone Wars, you know, yes. that it almost surprises yeah. me how well it encompasses that feeling of past Clone Wars episodes. It's just great. So I love it. I feel like if there are Clone Wars fans out out there that aren't watching this just because maybe they don't have time or maybe they just like don't feel like pulled in to watch this series, I think they're really missing out because there's some pretty heavy episodes in here that um, finish off some of the stories from uh, the Clone Wars show and also just give you those those feelings of of those connections you had with those clones. So it's been great. I love it. I I mean again well said. I I think what this show is doing is it's giving you a viewpoint from the clones perspective, which I mean yeah, we got that in Clone Wars. But this is this is just on a different level. And it's because I think like you said, we are after the events of Order 66. You know, this is something that I think we all have thought about, talked about, like what, you know, how did the clones phase out? What happened? How did that process go? And how did the clones feel about it? And I, we are getting that. So I 100% agree with you, Ange. If you liked Clone Wars, you will, and, and if you haven't been watching The Bad Batch, you will love this show. Because it gives you so many moments of like Clone Wars-esque episodes but then it delivers those like fun kind of, I don't even know. I don't even want to call them one off because they're not really one offs, but the episodes that you and I have talked about before that you can sit down with a bowl of cereal and just enjoy it for like 20 some minutes, you know, like that's what some of these episodes do and they do very well. But then you have these bigger arcing episodes. I mean, for, I mean, those first, the first three episodes of the season, man, those were good. They were really good. And then these last two, seven and eight, man, were these. The, I mean, this is, and we're, we'll dive into it when we get there, but there's a huge historic Star Wars moment that just happens <laughs> in the Bad Batch. Like, it's crazy how, Palpatine. yeah, we'll get it. We'll get to them, but like, it's it's not yeah this the series the show has been so good i agree with you regarding visually it's some of the best animation music is just off the charts so freaking good the kiner brothers kevin kiner and his sons man are they just bringing each episode has just a different flavor and it's so good but then you get those remnants of like old Star Wars music tied in. Like it's just, it's so good. It's really, really good. So we are halfway through this season. So we are talking about episodes seven and eight. Um, episode seven is called the, the Clone Conspiracy. Episode eight is called Truth and Consequences. So both were directed by Brad Rao. Uh, supervising director for Clone Conspiracy was Nathaniel Villanueva. And then for cons um, True the Consequences, it was, it was Stuart Lee. And again, writers are Dave Filoni and Jennifer 
Corbett. And again, Andrew and I always like to say, yes, Dave Filoni, but it's a team. It's not just him. Right on. It's a team. It's a team that's building these stories and building these characters. So we can't, again, yes, Filoni, Filoni, we get it, but there is more to it than just than just the man himself. And he would say that. I, I guarantee he you listen to interviews or whatever, he always he always mentions the team behind these stories that he's a part of. It's not just him. So let's get into again these two episodes. They premiere together. So they are very obviously complementary to one another. So we'll talk about them kind of one big giant episode. But to to start, Ange, uh, thoughts, feelings on the 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 episodes overall. We'll dive deep into it. But what did you think? How did you feel going into and then coming out of these two episodes? What do you got? Uh, written very well. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like just written perfectly. Um, written in the vein of uh, Palpatine being steps ahead of everybody, uh, and kind of even like had an, the audience guessing like what was going to happen you know and the first so episode seven the clone conspiracy didn't show the bad batch at all you don't even get to see clone force 99 um rex shows up at the end which was you know a really nice uh surprise and then it was also super cool that he was hanging out in the martell sisters garage i love yes that. yes that was so yes. dope loved it just to know that there's a connection there with them going on and they're off doing things and um you know rex is in contact with them i think that's very cool um, and having Senator Chuchi back was great. Having Bale back, seeing all those different scenes from um, inside the the Senate was amazing. And, you know, it was just it was just good, you know, and it was a lot of talking. It was a lot of dialogue. It was, uh, you know, a lot of suspense just from that. It reminded me a lot of like an Andor episode, like yes, action. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the action was like in in the suspense of of what was happening. So it, I really liked it. You know, you have a clone that wants to that was there. You know, during the annihilation of uh, Camino in Topoka City, and that's something like I just didn't take into consideration that people that people would question what happened. You know, I just thought like it got decommissioned. People were like, yeah, we don't really need the clones anymore. There's no more war, but I didn't think there was like a lie and a conspiracy behind it. But of course there has to be a lie and a conspiracy around everything. And, you know, Rampart's just great. He plays the part of what he needs to be some slimy officer that can stand up in front of a group of hundreds and be like, Oh yeah, I'll listen to your, your demands and I'll listen to what you need. And and I'll apply that and, and we'll do everything we can. And then walks off and, you know, has a completely different intention. So it was just a great episode. And then to bring the batch into in the next episode, Truth and Consequences, to be able to extract that data from Rampart's Destroyer, to be able to prove to the Senate that um, Topoka City was actually destroyed by the Empire so that this bill of the uh, defense, whatever, is going to allow Imperial soldiers to come in and the decommission of the clones. It was just, it was great the way that it, it worked. It, you know, all together, it was one big story. 
You know, it had that intrigue, like I said, from the dialogue. It had the action later and the suspense of if they were going to get this information and if they were going to get it to Chuchi on time. Um, you know, that that clone that was an assassin, that was kind of like a surprise, too. I was kind of like, who could that be? Like, was it maybe just like some sort of bounty hunter that Rampart hired? It ends up being a clone. So it was it all around. It was just an amazing episode. And then the end, of course, you know, Palpatine, like a hundred steps ahead of everybody. And then turning it around, even on the clones was shocking to me. Like, <laughs> dude, who does that? Like besides that man. So it was great. I just it felt it felt so Clone Wars, you know, it could have easily been season eight of Clone Wars. Right. Or season finale of season eight of clone wars or however you want to see it so it was great yeah i these two episodes again reflect of how great just like you said the writing is it's so good and again they're they are able to to tell a story that again we have all been wondering right as fans like how did it all go down like i was talking about earlier and we see it now in these two episodes and it's an animation, which is kind of perfect for me because Clone Wars did a lot, especially for you and I've talked about this before, especially, you know, bridging that gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And Bad Batch is kind of doing that in a way from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. In a, in a weird kind of, not weird way, but like in a maybe smaller scale, but it's given you that information that, you know, we didn't, we haven't gotten until now, you know? So to start, you know, yeah, again, episode seven didn't have the Bad Batch, which I was fine with because again, it just sets up everything. To have Senator Chuchi come back was amazing. I mean, talk about a nice pull and, and call back and to bring a character back like that was fantastic. You know, and they used they used her very well. It was just really it was really done well. If if you know if you watch Clone Wars, you know Senator Chuchi. She was in multiple episodes in that show. I think like seven or eight of them. And she was friends with, you know, Rex. Or she obviously she knew Rex. She knew of the Jedi and she knew of all that stuff. So she's very familiar with what's going on. But I love how she is at such a young age because she was very young in Clone Wars. And now obviously she's still kind of youngish in the Bad Batch. And she's one that is looking out for the clones. You know, she's the one that's doing all that. And then again... You get into, you know, the mystery of everything, which we'll get, we'll, we'll dive deeper into everything, but just again, overall thoughts. And then to go into episode eight, to bring in the Bad Batch at that point, and then to have that big revelation at the end, which we'll talk about more, was insane. <laughs> and it was, again, it was a great little fun episode. I mean, both of these were great. But episode eight obviously had a little more action. But again, like you said, Ange, this was dialogue driven. And this was probably the closest to Andor-esque in animation that we have gotten thus far. And it worked. Like, they, they did a really good job with it. 
Like it didn't feel off. It didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel like, oh, this is, this should be in live action. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it felt like it fit in with the it story. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was well done. And I, I cannot wait to see the ramifications of this. Cause I think for me, and maybe we'll talk about this later on too, but for me, I feel like this is kind of where we're going in the season of again, and we've talked about it before, saving the clones, helping them out and, you know, getting them to safer places. Maybe I, I just feel like that's where we're going with it. And this had like, very relatable real world issues along with it as well too like choochie standing up for these clones who are afterthoughts after their their service is done it's very relatable to how veterans get treated yep in yep. in the real world so i mean bravo to feloni and jen corbett for um like lacing these issues issues into this animated star wars show that can get people thinking about things outside of um you know their own world so it, it was very relatable to things that happen in the real world it's it's again we've talked about it before too star wars is art imitating life however you want you know life imitating art and to bring that kind of issue to a animation show was really brilliant it was really good and it but again it serves the story though right like it serves the purpose of this story so i i love these two episodes so let, let's let's dive deeper into these so let's go obviously we'll start with episode seven i mean the beginning of this episode really kind of set everything in motion clearly because you had these clones and what i like is that we've heard these we've heard this conversation before so in episode three, the one where we, you know, where it's crosshair heavy, when he's in the cafeteria, you hear those clones talk about this defense bill that Rampart is doing. And then it, again, it brings it back up in this episode. And these clones are, you know, again, worried about this defense bill. But then these two clones, Cade and Slip, are really concerned about what they did and what they were a part of in destroying Topoka City. And the fact that that one of them, I think it was Kate, yeah, Kate was the one that sent a message to Rampart saying, you better, you know, tell the truth or I will. That's gutsy, kids. <laughs> That's gutsy. Gutsy and a little bit ignorant right, because right. honestly, Rampart has reach. Right, 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 right. And Again, for for them to realize that they need to stand up. Again, you just get that sense of these clones, and even it, it, Cody said it in that episode too to Crosshair. Crosshair, clones are beginning to realize what is going on, and you see that now. You see the aftermath of what what Order sixty six has done. Obviously, galaxy to the galaxy and to the Jedi, but what it has done to these clones on a personal level? Yeah, and that really opens up a lot because, you know, just watching Revenge of the Sith and seeing the clones 
turn on the Jedi and just become these killing machines. And now you get to see the uh, like the aftershock of that and how it actually is affecting them. They're not just brainless clones that follow orders. They have loyalty and that loyalty is to preserve life and to protect the galaxy. And they are the truth is coming to, to them and they're starting to question what's going on. That's something we never knew before. We only knew that they turned on the Jedi and became killing machines. And they were and, decommissioned, right. And yeah. they were decommissioned. And that's kind of, that was their story to us for a really long time. So to see now there, there are pockets of these clones that are saying like, Hey, wait a minute, this shouldn't have happened. And I don't think I can continue like this, but, but you know, what, I I don't know what to do after that. I don't know how to be anything but a soldier. It's just been so eye-opening and brilliant the way that this story is unfolding um through the series. Yeah, and again, you talk you you brought it up just a little bit ago about real-world, you know, applications to this episode. I mean, you'd have to think a lot of veterans in the real world too kind of feel the same way like this is what I've been doing for years. I don't know anything else. So it's hard for these clones. Like when Senator Chuchi said, you know, I can fight for, you know, other, you know, other things for you. And they're like, we just want to be soldiers. This is all we've ever want, wanted to be. And then I liked how she kind of gave him that self-realization of, you're not, you're more than that. And you have to think about what happens when you get too old to fight. And I love that one of the clones response was we, we have never, that's nothing. That's not a scenario we have been made to think about, but now it is, they have to. So yeah. I, just, and then did you feel Ange that the, the sniper, did you think that was crosshair at first? Cause I, I'll be honest. I, I did it at first, but then it slowly for me was like, I don't know if that's really him. It could be, but I don't know. What what were your thoughts um, at first? No, I didn't. Uh, Crosshair like didn't even cross cross my mind. And in, in that um, one, he would have been in his original gear. Like you've never seen him outside of that. Fair, fair. And um, in the episodes before, you can kind of tell like Rampart's not like like keen to to use him for things so i just crosshair didn't even like pop in my mind like what popped in my mind was like a bounty hunter right is what i was thinking that's a that's a really good yeah again i don't know why i bounty hunter never crossed my mind for some reason but yeah crosshair did but then you can't you kind of get to thinking though if you i mean in, in either circumstance whether you thought it was maybe a bounty hunter or crosshair for crosshair for me you were you know i began thinking of like okay he's super accurate <laughs> like there's no way he'd be missing this right. much yeah so it can't be him but to get that to get that revealed of that it was a clone and one that again they removed like his 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 like markings or whatever and the fact that he was such a, you know, his last words to Rex and Senator Chuchi after they captured him was, I'm a, you know, a believer. And then that's when he, you know, um, ate that 
cyanide pill or, or electric pill or whatever you want to call it. So like you you see the two sides of again clones that self are realizing that you know what they're doing is wrong, or you have this completely other side of clones that are just a hundred percent yes, empire we good soldiers follow orders, you know. So you see that there is a divide amongst the clones. It seems like some right, you know, and then that. The beginning of the episode again. You when you're at that bar, we've been there before in season six of Clone Wars, when fives when we follow that whole um, story arc. So again, you you get you get you just see the clones in a different in a different light post Order sixty six, you know. And then again, in Senator Chuchi kind of being recruited by Bail Organa was so cool. So like, cool. That was amazing. Like. I at first my initial initial reaction when she gets that message that someone wants to talk to you, I don't know why I went here, but I was like, "Ooh, is that Ahsoka?" For some reason, I was like, "I wonder if that's Ahsoka." But then it's Bail, and you're like, "Oh, well, that makes way more sense than anything else for sure," you know. So I I love that. You know, you see again, it's very Andor esque. But you see, you know, the the beginnings of recruiting like-minded people to this kind of idea of a rebellion and how Bale was obviously right in the forefront of it. You know, and, and then I, I I begin to think, too, of, again, the, the what-ifs of Star Wars, of, you know, if Padme was still around, how she would be such, like, she would be so behind Senator Tucci. like. Obviously, I think if I recall correctly, they were friends, definitely in Clone Wars. But like, they would have been side by side with this all this clone stuff. Like, I feel like Padme would be so proud of her standing up for the clones and giving that really good speech in the Senate and convincing people that they need to, you know, put aside this bill for now and they need to reevaluate you know, what, what is being done to these clones? Cause they're not droids. They just can't be shut down. What so, do you yeah. think, what do you Go think ahead. in that scene when all the senators are debating when they were like, where's Palpatine and his little pot is just like there with, with nothing. Like, what did, what did you think in that moment? No, I mean, I, it kind of, it makes sense, right? Cause Palpatine probably didn't really show his face a ton. Right. I, I just get that feeling. So of course he had his, his constituents up there, and I'm blanking on his name, um, Masameda. So, of course, Masameda is there. And I love, again, Masameda's response of, you know, the he Emperor trusts, trusts yeah. you guys to make the decisions that are going to be the correct ones for the citizens of the galaxy. So, like, Because he's course. pulling the strings. Of course right. he trusts for them to just squabble amongst right. each other because right. he knows what's going to happen. I thought it was like, man, I wonder where he is. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if he's cloning himself. I wonder I wonder what's going on, you know? It's a good point. It's a good point. It, but it was a great, like, foreshadow for him to show up later and be like, hey, 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 you think I'm not paying attention, and I am. So here we go. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a good I, – I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, he pops up when he needs to, you know? So, again, real quick, and then because I definitely – yeah, we're going to jump into episode eight, but – in that Senate, I'm glad you brought that scene up in that Senate, 
you hear that one senator speaking, and it's the one from Rogue One, and I can't remember the senator's name. Pamlo. Pamlo. Yeah. She is the one in Rogue One that tells Jen, uh, you know, what basically why why they shouldn't attack um Scarif and all that. Like she is it's the same senator and the same voice. I same actor yeah same for sure yeah it's same actress uh same voice it, it sounds right on so i mean when i rewatched it i was like man that is her voice how great is that yeah again little like little things little tie-ins uh, to the overall story but yeah i mean leading into you know so the end of episode seven ends with you know chuchi and rex at the uh, Martez's garage, which yeah, I love that so so much. I hope we see them again. I really do. I I got a good feeling that they'll pop up, but we'll we'll find out. But we get that episode, and obviously they see that clone um, eat eat that you know chop that pill down or whatever. And that's when he calls out in episode eight to the Bad Batch, and he says, "I need you guys' permission to come to Coruscant." And of course they they go. But even before that, I do want to bring up the scene between Echo and Omega. It's a small scene, but oh, from like you bookend that to the end of this episode, huge. And we'll we'll get to that. But I like this idea of after she, you know, hangs out with Gunji, he teaches her to meditate. I freaking love that. And she I like her love it too. her response of, you know, I'm not as good as Gunji, but you know, she's like it does help. So this idea and I I was on um Tarkin's top shelf speaking to Becca uh earlier. Uh if you guys go check that episode out, we had a really fun discussion. But she brought up this idea Ange, and you and I have talked about this before. Is you know about Omega being force sensitive and all this all this other stuff, and I and I think we both reside on the on the idea that she's not. However, I bring the i I bring this idea about her might having a little bit of force force sensitivity. It might not. It's not Jedi level esque, right? We know that, but we know from Kane and Jarrus in Rebels. In that great episode of the Darksaber, when he's talking to Sabine and he tells Hera that, you know, the force resides in everyone. You just have to be open to it. I feel like that's what they're showing. I don't know. How how did you take that scene? Because I think it's I think it's kind of big. I do. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I think it. Um, I thought it was huge, too. I thought it. Um, I liked how it taught a viewer that even if you feel like you're bad at meditation, it still serves a purpose and is still helpful because um, I used to meditate a lot. I should go back to it. Um, and the hardest thing about it is quieting your mind. So when you can't, you think you're doing something wrong, but at least the effort to attempting to recognize what you're thinking and notate it, that that is meditating. It's not the, the purpose of being able to cut yourself off completely and, and to have no thoughts is to actually be able to, to work through those thoughts. So um, 
I thought it was like a really cute way of saying like, yeah, there are people that, you know, are top tier can can sit cross-legged for for hours and cut themselves off from from their own thoughts and find peace. But um, there's steps to get to that and to recognize that it is helpful no matter what step you're at. So I thought it was cute. It seemed almost like a like a kids cartoon show, like teaching a, a small little lesson, like in that moment is what it reminded me of. And then it made Agreed. me think of if Omega has this um, like calling to want to meditate because she saw Gunji doing it. I feel like it's a call from the force. Right. And and I've always believed that maybe Omega is force sensitive, but also I'm a true believer that just like you said, Lauren, like Kanan says, that the force resides in all of us. And it's just your your need or your want to to open that and to be willing willingness, to open yourself yeah, the willingness, to it. Yeah. So it was like a great I loved it. I thought it was so cool. It was like this great little moment. And then also just like what it turns into of the conversation that she has with Echo is even more impactful later in the episode. So, you know, if Omega ends up being force sensitive, Jedi like force sensitive, super cool. If she's not, okay, same, same. Like it's, her value doesn't drop down or or change, no matter which one that she is, because she's always already shown that she's like impactful in the Star Wars galaxy. So, um, but you know, I that's the one thing I don't know what it is about seeing people meditate. I've said this before on the show. Like I remember when I was younger and you saw Darth Vader in that pod and he was sitting cross legged and he was meditating. And I was like, wow, what is I want to be able to do that? Like, I want to be able to center myself. That's what I want. And so it was really cool to to throw a little element of that in this in this show. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. I think, again, I, I'd be interested to see if there's anything, again, to that. Or it was just, again, like you're saying, it was just a, a fun scene showing younger viewers a different way. Or, you know, again, just little introductions of, like, self-meditation, self-reflection, or however you want to, like, look at it. Or, again, or is it really a bigger thing to where she does have some, again... I don't think you or you or I believe she is again Jedi level esque or sensitive, but she could have a little bit of the Force, or again, she is beginning to understand it on a different level than most people because of her interactions with Gunji. You know, so yeah, that I, I wanted to bring up that scene because I thought it was really really cool, and I think it could be something maybe again a thread that we pull or a thread that it was just there for for fun and just a good again bookend from the beginning of the episode to clearly the end of the episode but so you know obviously throughout the episode we get the bad batch they get on to rampart ship because the previous episode that's what slip tells senator chuchi is that he has evidence showing that rampart did what he did and that it's not a conspiracy that it just didn't you know disappear in a storm as was being told. So again, they eventually get, get the information, get it to the Senate. But even before all that, I love how, again, Omega and Senator Chuchi were hanging out. I loved all that. That was so, so good. I liked those two characters together. Again, that scene of Omega seeing the Senate 
and asking about, you know, who represents the clones. And Tucci had explained to her that, like, they don't have representation, but that's basically what she is trying to do currently. And I just like how, again, they, when they talk to that former Kaminoan senator. Yeah, for Tony. Yeah. And again, Omega's like, you know, I'm angry because they destroyed. I'm a clone. I'm angry that they did this. It was so good. So, you know, again, just everything with Omega in the, in the episode was really solid. I loved it. I love, again, interactions with Bale and Senator Tucci was good stuff. And again, the Bad Batch being the Bad Batch, going on to the, Ven- uh, the Venator, the Venator, is it the Venator, I think is how it's pronounced, or something like that. Um, Rampart yeah, ship. the Venator. The Venator. Again, super clone, clone warsy, bad batchy, you know, get on a ship, get the information and, you know, get away. It was good stuff. And then they get to, again, the Senate. This is the big, I think, monumental moment that I don't think we understand how big it is. As, you know, they get the information, they get it to Omega, who then gets it to Bale. And then obviously he presents it, and then Senator Tucci shows it as they are, again, discussing in the Senate what they should do about this defense bill. And again, Rampart believes that he can he can, he can can meet whatever demands that Senator Tucci asked from him. But like you said, Ange, clearly knowing that he wasn't going to follow them at all. But then she brings this evidence, shows, and it shows what he did. And I, again... In my mind, I'm like, oh, crap, wait, I know stormtroopers come. So what is this? How is this going to turn out now? Like, I don't understand. And then just that moment of the music changes, you hear, like, the alarms going off, and then that center pod. The alarms. Dude. The alarms. It was so like, oh, man, here he comes. And then you see him. You see Palpatine. And it's voiced by Ian. And it's so freaking good. Like, talk about a guy who is 20 steps ahead of everybody. Because either way, whether the Senate passed it without people knowing what Rampart did, or if somebody found out what Rampart did, he had it covered no matter what. He was gold. He had it. And the fact that he used it, and he was like, yep, you know, uh, this is, um, um, thank you, Senator Tucci, for bringing this to our attention. Rampart's going to be taken care of. But we also have to look at the fact that these clones followed it blindly and blah, blah, blah. And then I believe we should start the Stormtrooper, like, initiation. I was just like, holy crap. This man just did everybody a whirlwind and, like, just completely checkmated everybody in that moment and again this is a huge moment Ange, huge in star wars because this is the moment that we have all wondered how does it go down and now we know that even though they show that rampart took and destroyed destroyed topoka city destroyed all those facilities on camino he was still able to get his clone his stormtrooper bill passed I that just blows my mind, and then again, you, you we see the ramifications 
after that, you know, after that scene, you we we come back to the Bad Batch with Rex and Senator Tucci, and I love Omega's like we did the right thing. How? Why did this happen? I like she was just like what what the hell did we just do all that for? If it wasn't for us, uh, what the heck? And I just love you know Rex is like he was ahead of us in the Clone Wars, and he's still ahead of us now. And then, you know, again, Hunter, you know, telling Omega he used the truth to his, to his advantage. And that's what he does. So, and she talked about me about that that scene in the Senate room before we'll get to the end. Like, man, I that is not how I thought it was going to go down. But, man, that was good stuff. It was good stuff. It was so suspenseful um, going up through it because you have, like, the, you know, like, the banking clan senator, like, just being a pest right and then asking to like remove chuchi out and you think like oh my god she's never it's never going to get there she's never going to be able to show this footage like it just had great suspense um going through it and then you you finally see it the music swells it and everyone's like oh my god and ramparts like can't believe that everybody's seeing this and then the alarms go off man and then (laughs) the guy comes up i start laughing because i'm like of course it's him of course and then just to hear him talk his way out of it, just like you said, he commends Chuchi for bringing it to light, you know, and that and then he talks about like Rampart's going to be punished for his treachery, not to mention that obviously Rampart was taking, um, you know, orders from Palpatine. He was even screaming it. He was yeah. like, I was following orders. Right. Like he was but a freaking no, clone let's trooper. Just, let's not yeah. talk about that. And then to twist and then oh my god. Like when he said Rampart didn't act alone and that the clones like blindly followed, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Like he got out of this? I'm surprised and I'm not. This is amazing. <laughs> it was was like all right this is how it happens and it's awesome like that's how it happens and it it's awesome that it wasn't just like that they got phased out and they got old it was awesome that it was like a play on palpatine's part to get it to happen to convince a bunch of people in on coruscant and in the galaxy that the clones were in the wrong right like he, he completely sold it because it's all about manipulation and making people believe an outcome or believe the intent of something like so it, he just he does it every single time. And it was awesome that they kind of, you know, like you said, Rex brought it up when they were discussing it at the end. He was ahead of them uh, with the separatists, you know, during the Clone Wars. He's still ahead of everybody right now that they can see that in hindsight now. Um which to me, I feel like should be more of a, a story going forward of wanting to to get rid of Emperor Palpatine because he is the one that's guiding the galaxy into like this, this, you know, I, I don't even, he's just guiding it in the incorrect way. I And I think that obviously that's what the rebellion is for. Yeah. This is what, this is what happens. We see that, like. I wonder if this is the moment that a lot of senators maybe began to like say, you know what, this is this is kind of messed up. This is kind of messed up. And I'm wondering if that's when a lot of again, people like Bale were maybe starting to recruit more based on people's reaction to this 
to this, you know, um, announcement by him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he destroyed a city on his own. The clones were fully behind him. Like how he was able to twist that. Because that's what I, again, that whole, like you were saying, I was on the edge of my seat because like, will it get there? Will they get the message there? One, okay, it did. Are they going to play it? Okay, it did. Now what, what are we, how are we get? how is he getting out of this? Easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you for bringing it to my attention. He's going to be taken care of. But let's take a look at this side of it. That the clones followed this man blindly. And that's not what we need in this galaxy. We need constricted soldiers that are... F- I'm like, you son of a dude. How? This man. This man, Palpatine. Master manipulator. And it's so good. And it's again, it's a moment that is it's it's a huge moment in Star Wars. I don't think we can stress that enough. This is a monst like a monstrous moment when we see the clones get completely decommissioned now. Like it's over. Like this is happening. They are going to be no more. You know, it's Yeah, and let's turn let's turn our citizens against you as well. Right. Right. It's <laughs> I mean, how he got away with this. It's insane. So insane. But again, you know, that leads to the end. And everybody's saying goodbye. And then we obviously, I did not see this coming, but Echo stays with Rex. It makes sense. Hindsight. It makes sense because I think what he was telling Omega, again, to bring it back from the beginning of the episode, about how he feels isolated to bring it full circle to the end of wanting to be with Rex because he didn't want to feel that way anymore. And that he wanted to do more, which he has been saying since the beginning of the season that they should be doing more. The clones, he wants to help his brothers. And now that he knows Rex is there and doing that. Yeah. It makes sense that he's going, but man, did that hit Omega hard and really good. Like acting. Like, I mean, honestly, like, she was just like, wait, wait, what is going on? Why are you leaving? And again, he, te- you know, this, he's he's just explaining to her that this is my path now. Like, I have to do this. This is what I have to do. And I like his little, his little message to her about, you know, keep doing your studies or whatever. And she says, yes, sir, as she's crying. Like, it was so, so good. And then that last shot of her just hugging um, Lula. You know, and again, and we'll obviously we have we have watched episode nine at the time of this recording. Huge implications in that episode, which we'll talk about then. But like, man, what a just a gut punch to Omega. And again, that's that's the first bad batcher that we that we lose. I don't so talk. I want to bring up this again. As far as do we think we'll see him again? Do you think we'll see Echo again, Ange? But before that, talk about that scene. How'd you feel? What did you think about that? Were you surprised that he did that? Because I was. I mean, it's kind of concerning considering that we don't see Echo again in Rebels. So what's up with that? Right. Right. So, um, like... 
when I was watching that, it didn't hit me like when Echo said he was leaving and he was going with Rex, maybe because I've had the mentality of being a part of being these soldiers for for so long that he's just going to go on another mission, right? Like Obi-Wan sometimes goes on another mission. Anakin goes on another mission. Like when you're watching the yeah, film, yeah, yeah, it doesn't right, mean like right. they're breaking up. It's just you have responsibility to, to go a different way. And so when Omega hit, when it affected her so hard, um, I was kind not not surprised, but like I didn't see it coming that it was gonna like really hurt her. Um, and also because prior to that moment, like the clone, like Hunter and Wrecker were like, "All right, man, yeah, cool, see you, Dab, whatever," you know, and they're just like, "Peace." And then she's like, "Wait, what? Wait a minute!" Like then when she said that, I was like, "Yeah, wait." wait wait a minute so it was just um like you said like i don't know if you call that acting directing i don't know what that is but whatever it was to to move through that scene it was great because it allowed like the emotions to like get implanted into you to where you you felt concerned for omega and but then you also felt like echo was on the right path like it was just really good God, this is this is a cartoon. This is animation was doing to me. <laughs> so, and like you said, we've seen episode nine, so we know what's going to happen, um, and how all those feelings and and what happens at the end of that episode are are going to get addressed, and we'll talk about that later. But um, in that moment, I swear to you, I was like, he, he's going with he's going with Rex. Who cares, right? But then, like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, man, that's that's kind of a big deal. So it was just it's great writing. It's great directing. It's great. It's great storytelling. It it moves everything along and keeps you wanting to know what's going to happen next with these characters that you've became invested in, with. I, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that. Again, we don't know. What happens to Echo? Because we again in Rebels we don't see him. Doesn't mean that again that he he dies or whatever. But it is a little it's a little concerning because we don't see him as far as we know moving forward. Again beyond where we are now, you know into Rebels and things like that. So it, it's interesting that this is the. This is the choice. It's not actually, it's not, I'll take the back. It's not interesting, but I, it makes a lot of sense that this is the path he's choosing. Cause again, he's been on it before. He's been talking about this. So it makes sense that he wants to do more. He feels like he can do more with Rex. And it, it is kind of like, I, like you were saying, like it was, it was kind of, you know, how the, how the others were reacting, like Hunter saying, Hey, you know, don't forget what I told you. Wrecker and Tech were like, hey man, see you, good luck, you know, whatever. Didn't you find it weird though that the rest of the batch wasn't like, yeah, we want to go with Rex too. We want to, this is what we want to go after. We want to make sure that the clones are are protected and and have peace and and whatever instead of like, yeah, Echo, you go do that and we're going to continue to do missions for Sid. Like, didn't you find that kind of strange? I don't know if they're there yet some of them might i i think tech at this point of the series in episode eight he might be the one that maybe sees that they need to be doing more wrecker just goes with the flow right wrecker is 
the one that will do whatever everybody else is doing, right? Because he, it's just, it's just who he is. I think the one that you have to convince right now is Hunter, because Hunter doesn't see that as important. What he, he sees for the group, in my opinion, is that their safety is more of a priority than helping his fellow brothers right now. And probably that Omega's safety. I think yes. Omega's yes. safety trumps yes. their own. Like he has taken on Omega, so he needs to make sure that she is safe um, like going forward. So that's like his mission. Right, 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 right. So I, I understand when you see it that when when you look at it that way, I understand that they didn't want to go with Rex yet. I do think that's where we're leading to. I, I don't know if that's how you feel. Do you think that's where we're leading to? Like them eventually coming to the conclusion that they have to save these other clones. It makes sense, right? I don't know. How do you feel that same way? It makes sense. I mean, just to participate in the the rebellion and to participate in bettering the galaxy. I feel like they're going to get to that point. But I, like you said, like it's not their priority safety. And then I think eventually... I don't even know. Then crosshair comes back or whatever. I don't even know. Like, I, it's kind of nice that this is a point that we're at in the middle of the show where we don't really know what their future of of Clone Force ninety nine is going to be. So it's it's kind of great that it's it's not so obvious um, what we're going to see going forward. No, I I agree. I hundred percent agree. I think it it it's good writing because you really don't know. You, you, we really don't. We don't. There's a lot of different ways this show could go, right? We've talked about it. They it could end on a good note, and we go into season three. It could end as it just ends in season two. This could be the last season. You just don't know. I mean, it it could go a lot of different ways. So, I'm excited where we're heading to with this group now. And again, we haven't seen crosshair in a while so before we wrap it up i kind of want to get your thoughts on that first half of the season we got one episode of crosshair and it was a really good episode haven't seen him since are you okay with that and your expectations now the second half do you think we'll see him more that that's mine i feel like we're gonna see him a lot more the second half of the season kind of what are your thoughts i don't know I mean, honestly, I just don't know because, I mean, he was such an intrig, intrig, intrigular something word, <laughs> um, integral, part, integral part. Yeah, thank you. Um, in the first season, and there's still a lot of questions about like. There's a lot still. Yeah, there's a lot like. What is his mentality right now after his interactions with Cody, right? Where is Cody? Where's Cody? Where's Cody? So there's a lot. Do I think going from this point, these episodes have to be heavy with that storyline? No. Um, Because I feel like there's still a lot of character development that needs to happen with the remaining portions of Clone Force 99 and Omega. So... I like these single stories that are placed in between these um, these story builders that are happening. So I don't I I'm not expecting to see Crosshair 
too much. I'm just not. I, I think he's like a finale type thing, maybe, but I have no idea. I don't know. I think maybe he's in two more episodes, maybe three. And I don't think that's kind of just stretching the story. I just think there's more to learn about the characters that we're invested in. And that's and that's kind of how you learn about them is by opening up the story. I think it's going to be interesting, too. Is that obviously with Crosshair, his connection to Rampart, that was kind of a big, that was his, in that episode, that was big, right? Like, Rampart was the one that was giving him his assignments. And now that Rampart's gone, I mean... Again, so what happens to the clones now? Are they imprisoned? Right. Are they you right. know, taken into custody? Are right. they on the run? Like, what happens, right? Does my... I've always thought that um, Crosshair is the first, like, death trooper because he has the build for it and he is, like, this killing machine, you know? So I don't, I don't even know, like, what happens. But it's going to be interesting to find out what is still what's the fate of the clones are are they gonna be you know arrested and i want again i wonder what crosshair's thoughts are about rampart now too again is rampart like are we gonna see rampart again i don't think so but i mean i guess we could but i i'm pretty sure (laughs) pretty sure palpatine had a little something something to do with him being (laughs) missing or not seen ever again <laughs> i mean maybe that's our introduction to callus in the bad batch you know Ooh. i said that before i think having callus show up would be freaking amazing it would make a lot of sense and it'd be a nice little touch again a nice little rebels you know, connectivity to the bad batch i would love it I would love it. And I I don't think what happened to Rampart obviously was, was it was either going to happen that way or he was going to still get what they got. He was still going to be, you know, an admiral or whatnot. But because of what happened, Palpatine was covered either way. So now, like you said, the ramifications of this decision what happens to the clones? Are they... Because uh, Chuchi did mention, you know, after you serve your rotations, what do you do after that? So is it that's what they're letting them serve out the rest, the remainder of their, you know, whatever, and then, okay, you're good, you can leave now? Like, what happens? So, and again, as much as they wanted to help the clones with, like, after, you know, they, they get decommissioned, like pensions and all that, that's clearly out the window now. So they are really, it, like, the clones overall are really screwed. And I think, again, this is what will hopefully get the Bad Batch back into that storyline eventually. Because I, I think it will affect them one way or another. And it may be, maybe Crosshair is the reason. Maybe it's because they run into Crosshair. He tells them, you know, his story of what happened. And maybe they're like, okay, we really do have to save other clones or something like that. I don't know if that's going to be it, but, you know, I'm interested to see how they break away from what they're doing now and then get into that type of fight to help the rest of the clones survive. But we do see, again, now think about this out loud, 
we do see in Obi-Wan Kenobi a, like, homeless clone. So, like, what does that mean? Like, did they... <laughs> what? Again, I, I don't know, man. It's... Right, just tossed to the side, gone. Right. You know? Maybe that's one they weren't able to save or something. Who knows, right? Again, there's so much for us to still unpack. And this is a this was a good way to kind of mid-season mid season it. Because, again, big ramifications. Now we get to see what, you know, what happens after that decision, right? We get to see it play out. And it's going to be really, really fun. So, Ange, uh, as we're wrapping up, final thoughts? Anything you want to bring up before we wrap up? Any final final things about these two episodes? No, I think we covered a lot. Um, I'm just looking forward to this back half. You think from this point, you think we're going to get a season three, or you think season two is going to close it out? I, God, that's a good question. I don't know. Because it can really go either way. I can see. I can see a season three. I could see it where this is their this is their journey. And maybe it ends like Rebels Ask where it's not like a complete end. There's more to their story, but this chapter is is written, if that makes sense. I hope there's a Bad Batch animated movie to close listen, it out. Listen. You and I have been both on the animation theatrical movie train for a while. Do it, man. Get us there at the end of season two and then release a movie. Let's go. I'm telling you, I would. I would watch that a hundred times. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I would watch that a lot because, again, they have only done one animated theatrical movie, which I have appreciated more as time goes on. The Clone Wars movie. Agreed. But look at that movie. Fast forward to the tech, like the animation now. It would look spectacular on a big screen. It really would. Because there's in this show specifically, man, the establishing shots, everything that they do in that show, it's really good. I mean, that f- that first shot before we get into the Senate, you see the, you know, Coruscant and all that. Like, it's it's really good. I agree. It's really good. So, yeah, I, hey, man, if that's what they do, I'm for it. I'm for it. But I don't know. What did you think? Do you think there'll be a season three? Like, what what's your thoughts? I still think we got a, a, a lot more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to see how season two ends. It's hard. Because yeah, yeah, I think I think it really I don't know depends. if it continues as the Bad Batch or I mean I I want to see what happens with Omega through through the rest of her um like existence you know? yeah 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 so again I wonder if it could turn you know because we had you know Clone Wars turns into the Bad Batch logo this Bad Batch logo turned into something else but it's really great how they're showing these single episodes that can tell a small story that. Um, don't need to have such a heavy weight on the entire timeline, you know, because it shows that you can open it up to a season three by sprinkling in these little stories that teach lessons and, um, you know, 
have cameos of of past characters and keep people um you know entertained with this group so it's possible to do a season three just to see how they've changed the formula this season of sprinkling in single episodes and not just going the the arc route and there's just there's a lot there is a lot more omega's interaction with Hera. do we get another one you know there's there's a lot that can be explored so where's hondo where's hondo Hondo. (laughs) i think we can definitely get um a season three but who knows yeah i i before however they want to do it whether it may it may be a movie i wouldn't hate that or if it's another season, maybe it's called something else. Like you said, maybe it's not bad, bad season three, but it continues their story in some way, shape or form. Cause I agree. I want to learn about more about Omega and watch her, you know, through the years again, do they pull we, you and I've talked about this before. Do they pull the Boba Fett thread? I mean, there's just so there is a lot. I need to. There's a, there's a lot that they still could use as storytelling for sure for another season i think 100 percent. but it really does depend on how they end this season and whether or not that story should be told i mean that's up to you know that's up to the creators for sure but i think there is interest for sure from fans like us like that what would would want more stories and would want to know what happened so yeah so far, so good for us kids. If you're not watching Bad Batch, go watch. It's it's really good stuff. The season has been really, really good. A lot of funny moments, but a lot of really deep Star Wars lore moments that connect the overall story. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right, kids, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening, as always. And you can follow us, The Galactic Podcast, at The Galactic Pod on Twitter and hive and you can follow our show on the big big platforms apple pod google play spotify all the major ones so go listen to us give us a rate and review if you're feeling so kind that would be great then you can follow me lauren romo at loro nose on twitter and hive you can follow me andrea gutierrez at r2d two-step on twitter and as always kids may that force be with you always Always. Oh,